listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in to episode number 181. We're going to talk about all sorts of local events and we're going to hit the highlights from last weekend. Plus, as part of our coverage and sponsorship for WAW North America's A Night to Remember, this Friday night, July the 28th, and this is the go-home episode before that event, we welcome someone who has worked in Jim Crockett Promotions, the NWA, World Class Championship Wrestling. She will be appearing at A Night to Remember, along with her daughter, NWA star Samantha Starr, the one and only, the legendary, Perfect Ten. Baby doll. Get all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle, but what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com. Or give them a call at 708-248-7039. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion. And you're listening to the Windy City Slam Podcast. Alright, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. National promotions this coming weekend. Friday and Saturday night, July the 28th and the 29th. Impact Wrestling comes to Chicago Actually, Cicero Stadium in Cicero with their Chicago Heat two nights of TV tapings, 7 p.m. each night. Check out the superstars of Impact Wrestling as they return to the Chicagoland area, and they'll be back in October as well for Bound for Glory weekend. And then we have NXT's Great American Bash, WWE's NXT's next premium live event, Sunday night, July the 30th. It's the NXT champion Carmelo Hayes defending against Ilya Dragunov. And then we have the NXT Tag Team Championship on the line, Gallus of Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, defending against the Angelo family of Tony D'Angelo from the Chicago area and Channing Stax Lorenzo. And we have a submission match for the NXT Women's Championship. Tiffany Stratton defends against Thea Hale of Chase U. And then in a grudge match, we have Blair Davenport facing Roxanne Perez. Turning to local wrestling action. And I'm very excited for this coming weekend. WAW North America making its debut in Tinley Park with a night to remember. Friday night, July the 28th. And we're going to talk a whole lot more about that in this episode. And I was honored and privileged the other day to talk to the legendary, the one and only, Perfect Ten Baby Doll about her career and about her role in the upcoming show. Plus, we're going to preview that card as well. So much to talk about with Baby Doll. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. Over the past weekend, we had Steve Arendt was in the news on two different occasions, and unfortunately, not good news either time for him. 
He lost general manager positions on back-to-back nights. On Friday night at CSW's In the Heat of the Night in Franklin Park, TJ Steele defeated Steve Boz at Chicago Style Wrestling to unseat Steve Arendt as the CSW GM as TJ Steele assumes power there. And then Saturday night at Crash Tested Wrestling's Destiny 5, the Don Cameron Wayne of High Society defeated Steve Arendt in a one-on-one wrestling match to force Steve Arendt out of the GM spot there. So, friend of the show, Steve Arendt, uh, apologies to Steve as he, uh, he might be looking for some more gigs soon because he lost two jobs this past week as GM. Tough go for Steve. And then this past Thursday night, July the 20th, Second Wrestling presented Prevail in Arlington Heights, and Eric Cannon retains the Second Wrestling Championship over Billy Starks. This past Saturday, we saw Black Label Pro with a doubleheader of Unplugged and National Slampoon's Wrestling Vacation 2 at the Berwyn Eagles Club. The main event of Unplugged, we had the Black Label Tag Team Champions of the Bang Bros defeating Latinos Most Wanted of Saban Gage and Code Hernandez to retain the titles. And then, in the nightcap at National Slampoon's Wrestling Vacation 2, for the BLP title, Cole Radrick defeated Aramis to retain. We have a new Black Label Pro Midwest champion, as Calvin Tankman defeats Joshua Bishop. And then we had Billy Starks defeating Zaya Brookside. And in an intriguing tag team match, and this was entertaining as hell, Trevor Outlaw and one-man dynasty Darius Luttrell defeat Warlord and Matt Brannigan. And this past Saturday night, July the 22nd, Crash Tested Wrestling presented Destiny 5 in Merrillville, Indiana, where he addressed Steve Arendt losing the GM role in his one-on-one match against Cameron Rain. And also on the show, we have a new Crash Tested Wrestling champion as Cody James defeated Miles Mercer, who was the champion coming in, and Marche Rocket to win that title in a crazy triple threat. And then the CTW Chasing Destiny Championship. We have a new champion there as well as Jay Thunder defeats the undeniable Nick Diamond. Crash Tested Wrestling Tag Team Championship. We have a new champion there as the title was vacant. The Plague, B.O.W. and Ace Bradley defeat the teams of High Society of Chris Miller and Nick Diamond who subbed for Eric Schultz which also meant that Nick Diamond did double duty and the ARC of D'Angelo Steele and surprise partner Shaq Jordan. Crash Tested Wrestling's next show is September the 23rd with Aftermath, and that main event has already been made as Cody James and Marche Rocket team up against Miles Mercer and Chris Miller. The winner of the pinfall will get the next shot at the new champion Cody James. If Cody gets the pin, he chooses his opponent. And then this past Saturday night, July the 22nd, a couple of title matches with title changes. The SCW Genesis Championship. We had Benny Vargas pinning Jimmy Carrot to win the title. And Dysfunction dethroned the Titans of Destruction for the SCW Tag Team Championships. Alright, this weekend, Friday night, July the 28th. WAW North America presents A Night to Remember at the Tinley Park Convention Center in Tinley Park, Illinois. 7pm bell time. 5 p.m. VIP meet and greet. We have on the show the NWA World Women Champion, Camille, defending against Sweet Soraya Knight with Chaz Moretti in her corner. For the AIWF World Heavyweight Championship, 
Golden Boy Greg Anthony defends against Scott Spade, and Spade will have Mistress Misery in his corner. For the WAW North American Heavyweight Championship in a vacant title match, we have Mustang Mike against It's Your Boy Mason Perks with the Sinister Minister of Fear in his corner. For the WAW North American Women's Championship, another vacant title that will be decided, we have Midwest Slayer Stacey Shadows facing NWA star Samantha Starr with the legendary Perfect 10 Baby Doll. And in a one-on-one -on -one match, the red-hot Hawaiian hitman Koa Laksamana takes on the equally hot Moondog Greg Murray. And for the WAW British Commonwealth Championship, Thomas Latimer defends against BOW. Plus, you're going to see C-Red, Miles Mercer, Joey Roth and Roxy Hart, Bruiser Mass Index, The House of Pain, and much more. And check out recent episodes of Windy City Slam Podcast, where we talk with numerous guests appearing at a night to remember, including Scott Spade, Joey Roth and Roxy Hart, C-Red, Miles Mercer, Chaz Moretti, Mason Perks, the Sinister Minister of Fear, and referee Justin King. Also this Friday night, July the 28th, ICW Milwaukee presents Violence is the Answer at the Barn West Alice. Friday night, July the 28th, back in Chicago, Freelance Wrestling presents Take This to the Ring at their new venue of Avondale Music Hall on the Northwest Side, 8 p.m. bell time. For the Freelance World Championship, we have Storm Grayson defending against Paul London. And then in a Fans Bring the Weapons match, Craig Mitchell takes on Shane Mercer with James Russo in his corner. That's going to be a crazy grudge match. And then for the Freelance Legacy Championship, we have Brian Keith defending against Chico Suave. And another grudge match, Isaiah Velasquez faces Cota Hernandez. Cole Radrick wrestles Alec Price. In tag team action, we have the Bang Bros of Davey Bang and August Matthews taking on the team of Original Sins, that's Dick Michaels and Tyler Lightall. And in a scramble match, we have GPA, One Man Dynasty Darius Luttrell, El Torero, Big Alice Crowley, Robbie Reeves, and Rachel Armstrong. Saturday, July the 29th, we have GLCW's Casablanca Rumble in Milwaukee. Also Saturday night, July the 29th, Rockford Damage Inc. presents Red, White, and Bruised at the Teamsters Hall in Rockford. And this show features the Ice Pick Vic Capri against the NWA's Damage. Chase Stevens faces Aaron Xavier. For the Damage Tag Team Championship, the team of CNC Destruction defends against the Brothers of Funstruction. In a women's match, we have Shelly the Bombshell, Benson, against Angel. Hawaiian hitman Koa Laksamana faces Micah Taylor, plus you'll see former WWE superstar Swaggle and more. Sunday, July the 30th, we have Ileana Pro Wrestling at the VFW in Richton Park, featuring Marche Rocket versus Shaq Jordan, and a loaded card with lots of title matches. Good stuff there. And then Sunday, July the 30th, Zawa Live is at Prairie Fest at the Community Park in Wooddale, Another loaded lineup for them as well. And also Sunday night, July the 30th, Gali Lucha Libre returns to Two Brothers Roadhouse in Aurora. All right, coming up next. You don't have to say much about her, especially if you're a wrestling fan from the 80s. Our special guest this week, and she will be at, at a night to remember, the Perfect 10 Baby Doll. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam, baby. The best podcast the shy has to offer on professional wrestling. So turn it up, turn up. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. Yurt! Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Broad Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. You can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. All right, back on Windy City Slam Podcast this week, and I am so very excited to have this guest on this week. And it's part of our coverage and sponsorship for WAW North America's A Night to Remember. This Friday night, July the 28th, we welcome someone who worked in Jim Crockett Promotions, the NWA, and world-class championship wrestling. She will be appearing at A Night to Remember, along with her daughter, NWA star Samantha Starr. Ladies and gentlemen, the legendary Perfect Ten. Baby doll, how you doing? Hey, everyone. Glad to be here. Thank you. All right. So honored to have you on as a guest. And let's get into this Friday night, July the 28th. WAW North America presents a night to remember at the Tinley Park Convention Center in South Suburban Tinley Park, just south of Chicago. Bell time is 7 p.m. We have a 5 p.m. VIP meet and greet, which Baby Dow will be a part of. And 6.30, the doors open for those who do not have the VIP. And you can get your tickets right now at eventbrite.com. So, Baby Dow, this is going to be a stacked show with superstars such as Sweet Soraya Knight, Tom Latimer, NWA World Women Champion, Camille, Scott Spade, Golden Boy Greg Anthony, Mustang Mike, Agent Extraordinaire Chaz Moretti, B.O.W., Koalak Samana, Moondog Murray, plus you and your daughter, Samantha Starr. So what is it like to be a part of a show with a roster like this? It is such an honor and a privilege to showcase my daughter, Samantha Starr. She's been wrestling for 15 years now and is really getting a good push with N.W.A., She's worked all up and down the East Coast, and now we're venturing out a little bit further. And to come to Chicago, it's just, words can't describe it. I am so looking forward to this trip. Yeah, and let's get into Samantha's match. It's for the WAW North American Women's Championship. The Midwest Slayer, Stacey Shadows, taking on Samantha Starr, and you will be in Samantha's corner. So what is that going to be like for you? As a manager in a valet, it's, it's so cool to work with Samantha because she's such a good wrestler and she's so good and she's so talented and just she knows how to beat people up. So for from that part, it's good. From the mom part, it's really hard because you see your baby up there 
taking bumps and getting thrown around and and it's it's rough on that part but i have 100 percent confidence that samantha is going to be the new champion because it is a vacated talent uh title so whoever whoever wins this match is the new women's champion and Stacy's a veteran from the Midwest. She's worked like Northern Illinois, Southern Wisconsin, the Milwaukee area. She's just a bruiser in the ring. So what are you expecting from this match? It's going to be a hard fought match. I, I doubt we'll have very many wrestling holes. I think the girls are going to put a hundred percent of their talent into the ring. Samantha's got to be strong, but you know, working, working in wrestling, you've got to be able to take on anybody Samantha looks sweet, but she's tough. And so she's she's been raised with uh, wrestling done the right way. So I think that Samantha, um, Samantha's got it. If Stacy wants to come out there and brawl, Samantha will stand toe-to-toe with her. But Samantha also grab a wrestling hold on her and make her give up. It's going to be a hell of a match, and I'm very much looking forward to it. And Baby Doll, your family lineage in this business is pretty amazing. Grizzly Smith's your ex-father-in-law. Jake the Snake right. Roberts, WWE Hall of Famer, is your ex-brother-in-law. Sam Houston's your ex-husband. And then Rock and Robin was also your ex-sister-in-law. And your parents were involved in the business as well. So what's it like to be a part of this all your life, basically? Really and truly like when people say that they've been in wrestling all their life, I can actually say I've been a part of wrestling all my life. My playpen was in the back room where they used to drink coffee and smoke cigarettes and talk over finishes. The first time I ever saw my mom wrestle was on a YouTube video just a couple of years ago. It was from Chicago. I went back through on cagematch.com where they've got everybody's listing of their wrestling matches. My mom wrestled a lot in Chicago along with my dad, Nick Roberts. If y'all want to look it up, my mom's Lorraine Johnson. My dad's Nick Roberts. So for Samantha, she is the only female professional wrestler third generation on both sides. And that means both her her dad, her grandparents, but also her mom and her grandmother. So three out of four of Samantha's grandparents were wrestlers. Her mom and her dad, as you said, Uncle Jake the Snake Roberts, Aunt Rockin' Robin, also her husband, Dustin Bosworth, is a professional wrestler, and her stepdad, Chad Bird, wrestled. So our lineage, our heritage, a kid is kind of almost as good as a Samoan. So if anyone wants to doubt Samantha's ability in the ring, you just have to look at her heritage and she's got it in her blood. We do. That's quite the family tree. It's pretty awesome. And it's, and it's going to be really cool to meet Soraya Knight too, because I mean, she's got the ultimate wrestling family, her family, you know, like with her husband, uh, Mr. Knight had their wrestling promotion and then had their kids. They had kind of the dream life of what I wanted to grow up with because I was kayfabed in my family up until the first very match that I had while Soraya had her daughters and her sons in the ring with her from like day one. So I'm so looking forward to meeting Soraya. That's kind of cool that your paths are going to cross over here at WAW North America is a night to remember. Right, right, right. Both moms <laughs> in the business. So it's going to be cool. So it's, it'll be really nice. I hope she looks, she's looking forward to meeting me half as much as I'm looking forward to meeting her. And now if you are a wrestling fan in the 80s and you're listening, you definitely know who the perfect time baby doll is. And you started out in 1984 with world-class championship wrestling and ended up working alongside Gino Hernandez. Now, there's an interesting story behind how you got your start. So go ahead and walk me through that. Well, it's it's 
the business is totally different than what it was back in the 60s, 70s and early 80s, whenever I was growing up and in the in the business, because my dad promoted in Lubbock, Texas for over 20 years, uh, mainly in Fair Park Coliseum. And then we do spot shows during the summertime where we pack up the ring and 640 ringside seats and go to like La Mesa and Post and Leveland, you know, to the surrounding towns around Lubbock. So I grew up setting up the rings and carrying chairs and answering the phone and taking reservations. It wasn't until I overheard my parents talking about Gino Hernandez, they were looking for a girl for him because back then there wasn't any intergender. There wasn't, if the guys were, and the girls were in like a mixed tag, if the girl tagged out, then the other guy had to come in because the girls couldn't wrestle the guys. It was just taboo. So at the time they had Sunshine in there and Sunshine was so beautiful. She just had the face. She had the look. She had run into some addiction problems. So she had gone into rehab to seek some help. Well, while she was gone in the little time, you know, like the 60 or 90 days where she was gone, uh, they brought in Stella Mae French, which was her truck driving auntie who uh, drove big rig trucks and carried an ax handle and beat up truckers in the parking lot for fun. Well, she was Gino Hernandez's nemesis at the time, and and she was causing Gino a lot of problems. Well, Gino couldn't lay a hand on her. He couldn't do anything. So they were thinking about bringing a girl, you know, to offset what Stella May was doing. So in my head, I'm like, that would be a perfect job for me because I just absolutely adored Gino. Gino was like a, a big, huge crush for me. I uh, actually stole my dad's black book. And it had all the NWA phone numbers and promoters numbers and everything in there. So I called, I went down to a boyfriend's house and used his phone to call the sportatorium. And David Manning happened to answer the phone and I gave him the spiel like, hey, I'm smart and pretty and maybe you could use me. I thought I heard you were talking, you know, that they were talking about getting a girl for Gino and, you know, maybe you could use me. And talk about being at the right place at the right time. He said that they were looking for a girl. For Gino and that they were getting ready to have a meeting with Fritz von Eric and that he would give me a call in about 40, 45 minutes as soon as the meeting was over with. So I waited around, waited around. Sure enough, he called back and he said that Fritz absolutely loved the idea, that it was perfect, that I, because I, I'm tall, I'm athletic, I would fit the bill of what they wanted for Gino, which was like a bodyguard. Absolutely loved the idea. I started the Sunday before Labor Day at Joe and Harry Coliseum in San Antonio, Texas. Gary Hart, Ken Mantell, uh, Gino, Mike Von Eric, and Stella May were in my dressing room. They went over the match and the finishes of what they wanted me to do. And it was a lot. I mean, for someone for their first match and just going in there and sold out show the whole nine yards. When Ken Mantell was getting ready to leave, he said, what exactly do we want from you? And I thought to be big and bad and look like I'm going to kick somebody's ass. That's exactly what we want. So when they left, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's how they do it. They had no idea that they had smartened me up. I had no clue, like the intricacies. I mean, being in the business and, and you know, with my parents, I kind of had an idea of, of what was going on. And I knew that it was almost like scripted and, and predetermined, but I had no idea the dance. And that's the whole key of it is it's a dance. 
And so went out there, didn't miss a cue, hit everything right on point, was right where I was supposed to be. And from then on, it was magic. I worked from, that was a labor day. So that would be like the end of September, October, November, December. I had two days in Florida, which was Miami and Tampa. And then that was it. So I had a kind of a whirlwind run with world-class. I worked with Cotton Bowl like a month after I got into the business. Gino was like, held like three belts. He had like the Texas belt, the tag team belt and something else. I mean, he was covered in belts. We had the six and the six man. And then I got to do a lot of road trips with Jake the Snake. He had uh, just gotten married to uh, Cheryl. And it was really cool to travel with him. And not that I was like picking his brain because I wasn't even smart enough to pick someone's brain, but just listening to the stories of how he worked and how he became a heel and how to slow down and look at the crowd and make them look at you. And it was like getting free classes every day. You know, like whenever you got a training seminar and you're spending all this money to you know, listen to someone, I got to listen to Jake a couple of times a week, just go over, you know, like what I'd done in my match and how I could do it better. And just, it was really a blessing. It was really a good time for me and for me to learn because whatever I took, I went and then I worked with Tully and uh, Crockett. So being a heel just came naturally and I had the best of the best teaching me. Yeah, we'll get to Tully and Jim Crockett in just a second, but about world-class, the atmosphere of world-class was like no other. You're going from the Sportatorium to the Freeman Coliseum and even the Cotton Bowl, like you mentioned. So what was it like to work in that rabid environment? It was from the Sportatorium to Reunion Arena and the whole, just making road trips, El Paso and Corpus Christi. I got to work Lubbock twice, um, San Antonio, it a lot of long road trips, but Texas fans are diehard fans. They're, wrestling fans are basically the same, but then regionally, they're totally different. And Texas, they, they don't put up with any bullshit. you gotta, um, you got to bring the real deal. And they love the Von Erics. They had at the Sportatorium, they had the cameramen, you know, that were getting up on the ring and doing the action shots, which had never been done before. You had the guys, the baby faces, like signing autographs at the ring. That had never been done before. And when I was there, um, World Class was actually in more markets worldwide than any other wrestling promotion. They had they were the first one to get on the satellite and take their product worldwide. And I don't think it, very many people know that, that Fritz got with the Christian Broadcasting Network and uh, took it to like the Middle East and Israel and through the and and Japan and and everywhere that you could get the satellite signal that's where world class was being seen. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Chicago and world class was really my first exposure to professional wrestling watching the Von Erichs, the Freebirds, Gino Hernandez, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, Chris Adams, Iceman King Parsons and so many others. You had Missing Link, mm -hmm. you had Jimmy Garvin came in there with Precious. Yep. Um Oh my gosh, there's just so many, just, we don't even have time to start. There's so many, you know. Yeah. 
I would lay on my parents' floor in their living room. I'd be like the channel changer since we had the big console TV. And right, right. It's going to come on. We'd watch World Class. Then we'd watch <laughs> WWF at some point later on. Then my dad got me into everything. But World Class was really what kind of helped hook me in. So you guys had a great inspiration, even on us in Chicago. Right. Just it, it, it's humbling to think of like how many homes we were in at that time. It was it was really cool, you know, to just go from like a college student in Lubbock, Texas to being seen worldwide. It was it was fun. It was it was so much fun. And then what was it like to work in Jim Crockett Promotions alongside Tully Blanchard, especially during his rivalries with Dusty Rhodes and Magnum T.A.? Crockett was had so many things going because he had like the ballpark and his dad, Jim Crockett Sr., had promoted everything from circuses to operas to rock concerts, baseball teams and wrestling. So they knew how to promote. They knew how to get the product over. You had uh, Jim Crockett, David Crockett, Francis and Jackie that was doing the camera work. So it was a, a family operation. I'm Whenever I look back at what I did and who I worked with, I was just so blessed to actually, at, at two times in my career, just to be at the right place at the right time. Because Dusty was, as Michael Hayes put it, was getting ready to blow the Carolinas up. And I got started in there like when Magnum TA came in, Rock and Roll Express came in. Tully had already been in there for a little while and established himself. But Dusty was just bringing in so many good guys to work with. You know, you brought in the the Road Warriors and the Russians. And, you know, people kind of say bad things about Dusty, that he was a narcissist and that he only promoted himself. But when you look at those cards, he was running two and three cards every night that were stacked. You know, if you were on Rick and, uh, Rock and Roll Express against Midnight Express, you were guaranteed a sold out house where wherever we were at. And then you also had Ric Flair working, you know, five to seven times a week. So you had Flair against Dusty or Flair against Magnum, you know, for the world title a lot. So that was a good payoff. It was just the two years that I worked with Crockett. It was just so cool because because people knew the product, they watched it, they knew who we were, they were invested with their emotions. Whenever you would stop at the convenience store and ask like where the building was at, you know, like where the wrestling was gonna be at, they knew, you know, they could tell you exactly, you know, what was going on. They knew who we were, who we were. Tully and I were headed up I-77 one time and some people passed us and then they slowed down and then they passed us again. And he said, they recognized us. And I was like, yeah. And he said, we're going to get over. He says, if they're recognizing, recognizing us and we're going down the highway at 65, 70 miles an hour, he said, this is going to get over. So it was, it was just so much fun. It, it was so hard though, too, because like the travel and, you know, just every night working, I think that I figured out that Tully, I, I, we only had 15 days off the whole year the first year that I worked with him in 85. And that was, there was no holidays. There was no weekends. When I say 15 days off, it was just 15 days. That was there. Mm -hmm. And when they say you're on the road for 350 days a year, you literally were on the road for 350 days. A year. Yes. Yes. Because uh, like Monday would have been like Greenville or Spartanburg. Then Tuesday, we always did TV, which was close to Charlotte. But then, you know, we had to do the two TVs. We had the Mid-Atlantic show and then the Worldwide show. 
Wednesday, we had to get up like super early and be at Crockett Studios to do promos all day. We didn't get paid until we were done because they knew if they cut us our check, we would we would dip and get out of there and go to the bank and then head to Raleigh. Then usually Raleigh was Wednesday night. Then Thursday would have been like Norfolk and Richmond, more than likely. A lot of Friday nights might have been like Philadelphia or Baltimore. We would have to fly from where we wherever we were at Friday night and then be at TBS Studios first thing in the morning. Like as soon as we got off the plane, we would have to hit the get the cab and head to TBS Studios. We would do the uh, two hour show that was at 605. And then a lot of times we'd do the one hour Sunday show. If we didn't wrestle on that one, then we'd have to do a promo. So there we were at TBS Studios. Then we'd have to race across town, uh, Hartsfield Airport, catch a flight to wherever we were at, big show we were at on Saturday, because Saturday was usually like the big show of the week. And then Sunday, if we were lucky, we'd only have one show. But if you were over, which you were wanting to be, you had a double shot. So then there'd be two shows on Sunday. Then hopefully get back to Charlotte at a decent hour to start it all over again on Monday. I remember being in Charleston, West Virginia on like a Sunday afternoon. Sam and I were there and we were so happy because it was like a two o'clock show. We figured, oh, my gosh, we're going to get in. We're going to be able to work. We'll be able to get to the hotel, get some food, be able to relax and sleep a little bit before we had to head out the next morning. Well, when we got to the hotel and called, we figured get Domino's Pizza, right? There had been a basketball tournament in town and there was no food. All the restaurants were sold out. Everybody was sold out of food. Even Domino's Pizza, whenever we call them, they said that we have run out of pizzas. We have no food. So it was always something. And it's um, before COVID, it was pretty easy to get food. And since COVID, it's it's more hit and miss. It kind of reminds me of the 80s, because if you don't get food before 11 o'clock, you're doomed. You better <laughs> you're not going to get uh, get anything. But. Uh, we can manage, but it's it's just the fun of being on the road and, and some road stories and just being different than everybody else because not everybody can do what we did. Now, your daughter, Samantha Stars, you, you mentioned has been wrestling about 15 years now. So what was your reaction when she wanted to get into the business? Oh, my gosh. We were living in Joplin, Missouri, and I, we had done, I had done a, a reunion show down in Tampa for uh, Sal Corrente. And so we drove to Tampa and the girls got to spend time on the beach. And I took them to um, the beach in uh, Mississippi to Biloxi because it's like a really cool beach and it had done that. And then in 2005, I believe it's what it was, NWA Legends had a wrestling reunion. They kind of started the reunion shows back in 2005. And it was at the DC, I think it was at the Capitol Center, but I can't remember but had everybody there and met some people and just fell in love with wrestling again. Cause I'd been out for so long. Cause I, I took time off to, to take care of my girls and wrestling at that time or like right before that, it was like the attitude era and raising two daughters. I don't think it was very appropriate what they were doing to the girls and just the direction that wrestling was going in. I just didn't watch it. Cause I didn't think it was appropriate for small children. And so by the time 2005 came around, wrestling had kind of changed a little bit more and it went, we started doing the reunion shows. And so I did the one in Capitol Center and just, it was so much fun. And then I 
had met some people, went to Fayetteville in North Carolina and did some little spot shows and some indie shows and got hooked all over again. Packed up my kids, moved, went to Fayetteville. We lived there for right at 10 years, I guess. Did a lot of independent wrestling, did a lot of big shows, but Samantha traveled with me. She would work my merch table and she fell in love with it because, I mean, it's in her blood. She's got it. So there were some friends of ours that were training in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And she was just like, hey, mom, I want to get in the ring. I want to take some bumps. I want to see if I can do this. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her no, you know, because it's something that you have to do yourself. So the first time she took bumps the next morning, she couldn't even lift her head up off the pillow. She was so sore because whenever you're training to wrestle, you're teaching yourself how to fall and mm -hmm. fall really hard. And when you're a little kid, you're teaching yourself not to fall because it hurts. So 80%, I think, of the people that try and become wrestlers don't because their brain says, we're not going to do this. It hurts, and I'm not going to get hurt. You're not going to get hurt. Just stop it. And they go to try and take the bumps, and they can't because their body will literally stop them from taking the fall. And so the next day with her being really sore, I was just like, well, that's kind of a test. You know, just let, let's see where she goes from there. Well, the following week, she was in the ring again, taking bumps again. And any time she could get ring time, she was in in the ring wherever we were at, taking bumps and learning how to run the ropes and learning holes. And just she learned from so many people. So she she knew. She knew what she wanted, and she set her goals. And even though Baby Doll's her mom and Sam Houston is her dad and the whole thing, that doesn't mean doodly squat when you're in the ring taking bumps and trying to get over. You have to get yourself over. And she's done such a good job of it. I'm so proud of her. Now, she's worked in various indies across the South and mid-Atlantic areas. And she finally right. got her big break when she started with Billy Corgan's NWA about a year ago. So what was it like for you as a parent to see her finally kind of break through that glass ceiling and get some real exposure with the NWA? I love it. I, I love Billy Corgan. I love his idea of the NWA, the stars that he brings in, the legends that he brings in. He he wants wrestling done the right way. And I love his ideas. I love his visions. I am especially impressed with his women's division. Having Camille as your champion, and Camille's going to be at the show in Chicago on the 28th, you couldn't have a better representative. And then you've got her husband, Tom Latimer, who's a TV champion also in Chicago. Two of the best people. They're just super, super good, super good athletes. Camille is definitely a champion that other women can look up to and try and beat, but Camille's rough. I mean, she's athletic background. She's close to six foot tall. Whenever she walks in a room, she definitely commands the, everybody looking at her. I'm so proud of Samantha because we just went in as kind of a legends thing for the anniversary show last year in St. Louis. And they were so impressed with her that they kept using her. And she's been at every TV and every pay-per-view since then. So they definitely see that spark in her and that light and the way that she wants to wrestle and present herself. I'm just so happy that she's in such a good place right now. Just really is proud of her. So proud of her. All right, and Night to Remember is coming Friday night, July the 28th. 
Tinley Park Convention Center in Tinley Park, Illinois. And we're going to get into some of these matches on this great show. And you just mentioned Camille. She's the NWA World Women's Champion. She's been that for a little over two years now. She's the right over day. 600 days as champion. Yeah, over over 600 days. That's so impressive. And yeah. then it, and she's not a champion that uh, sits back and just picks and chooses her opponents. She's wrestling every week. I mean, she she's was just down in uh, Mexico a couple of weeks ago. So and then she's been on the Smashing Pumpkins uh, tour, the uh, Vampire tour. Just uh, she is definitely defends that NWA championship, and and she's not sitting back, you know, in her backyard getting tanned. She is defending that title. Yeah, and she's defending that title against Sweet Soraya Knight, the matriarch of the Knight family. And Soraya will have Chaz Moretti lurking in her corner. And I'll tell you, I'm sure Samantha's going to have her eyes peeled on this match as well as you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You've got the experience of Soraya, but then you also have the dominance of Camille. So it'll be a good match. It, it'll definitely... The girls, I don't know which match is going to have the match of the night, but I guarantee you between Samantha and Camille, one of them is going to have the match of the night. And then we also have AIWF World Heavyweight Champion, Golden Boy Greg Anthony, defending that title against Scott Spade. And Spade will have Mistress Misery in his corner. And then for the vacant WAW North American Championship, we have Mustang Mike facing It's Your Boy, Mason Parks, with the legendary... Sinister Minister Affair. It's going to be kind of an old school versus a new school match. And then the WAW North American Women's Championship, which we've talked about here on this show. Midwest Slayer Stacy Shadows taking on NWA star Samantha Starr with the Perfect Ten baby doll in her corner. And then we also have Hawaiian hitman Koa Loxamana, who's had a huge career resurgence in the last year taking on the up-and-coming Moondog Murray, who just recently won the Power Entertainment Championship. You're also going to see NWA star Thomas Latimer, who has competed in the past for Impact and NXT. He's going to face the Monsters and Ominous, B.O.W. And there's going to be a few other matches at this event as well. And also, Rowdy Ricky Knight is going to be inducted into W.A.W. North America's Hall of Fame as the first-ever inductee. So, Baby Doll. Anything else you got to say about this amazing show on Friday night? I would say if you're a professional wrestling fan in the Chicago area, this is definitely a, a match, the card that you need to be at. It's It's got a little something for everybody. You, It's got up-and-coming stars. It's got legends. It's got champions. It's got a little bit of everything for everybody. So if... I would say if, if you call yourself a wrestling fan, you better be there. Otherwise... You're not really a wrestling fan. You get to meet my beautiful daughter, Samantha Starr. You'll get to hang out with me. And as I call the fans of Samantha Starrs, you can become a stargazer. <laughs> All right. This Friday night, July the 20th, once again, WAW North America presents a night to remember at the Tinley Park Convention Center in South Suburban Tinley Park. Bell time, 7 p.m., 5 p.m. for the VIP meet and greet. And yes, get that VIP meet and greet so you can meet the Perfect 10 Baby Doll and Samantha Starr. Exactly. Exactly. This yep. is, I have, it's been a long time since I've been to Chicago. I was there with Larry Zabisco, I believe, in 1988. So come on out and see us. And then also, if you want to see some of our heritage, pull up some YouTube videos with Lorraine Johnson. She's also got some matches on there so you can see the whole triple effect between Lorraine Johnson, Baby Doll, and Samantha Starr. 
That is awesome. And once again, you can get your tickets for A Night to Remember at eventbrite.com. And also check out WAW North America on Facebook for more details and information. All right, baby doll, it's been a pleasure having you on. Why don't you go ahead and share whatever social media you have, if you have any merchandise, and if there's any other events coming up other than uh, WAW North America. Oh my gosh. Well, right now we're just going to concentrate on Chicago because that's that's coming up and it's the only thing that's really in my sights right now. If y'all want to hit me up, I'm uh, very social on social media, I guess. My first name is Nicola, N-I-C-K-L-A. I'm the only one. So if you type that in, you you will come up with my Facebook, my uh, Twitter. And then I've got a few things going on with Instagram. I'm just now starting out with Instagram. I'm, I know I'm, but I'm old and I've got an eight-year-old and I've got other things to do. I've got a lot of things going on with Facebook. I've got the gathering, which is August 3rd through the 6th in Charlotte. That's a, a big reunion uh, event with uh, T-Mart Productions. We've got everybody from Judy Martin and Lilani Kai to Terry Runnels, myself. Samantha Starr is going to be uh, going against Savannah Evans on Saturday. I believe they've got over 70 wrestlers booked for that event, for the three-day event. They've got wrestling matches. They've got church services. They've got a barbecue on Thursday night. We've got a banquet that I'm inducting uh, Larry Zabisco into that we've got Q&A systems, they've got seminars. It's just something is happening all the time from Thursday to Sunday on that event. But um, right now, Chicago is the important one. And I will be there, as they say, with bells on. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing everyone. All right, baby. Now we will see you on Friday night, July the 28th in Tinley Park. Thank you so much for you coming bet. on. You bet. Thank you. See everybody there. So awesome to talk to Baby Doll and go through a lot of old stories as he was coming up in the business with World Class and Jim Crockett Promotions and under the learning tree of Jake the Snake Roberts, her, her great family lineage to the business and just an all-around great person, the Perfect Ten Baby Doll. Check her out at WAW North America's A Night to Remember this Friday night, July the 28th in Tinley Park. All right, next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about A Night to Remember, recap that show, and we're going to preview shows such as Power Entertainment, Freelance Underground, and more. Plus, we welcome for the first time someone we've seen in AAW Pro, Freelance Underground, Second Wrestling, among other Illinois promotions, Black and Brave graduate, Sabotage, Sean Logan. And you can catch that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.